0: From the Trenches. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to From the Trenches, real life in the accounting industry. I'm David Boy from Seekness CFO, joined here with Paul Meisner from Freedom Mentoring. We are brought to you by BGL, Australia's number one corporate compliance and superannuation software. The BGL team are getting busy as they head on their national roadshow. RegTech, if you haven't registered, get down and get your free tickets. You get to make me. I'm the MC of this auspicious occasion. We, Paul, big week in accounting.
1: Uh, hello, this Hello all. Thank you, David. Uh, good to be back. Kind of seems, seems like we've had I don't know parts of a week off. Don't know or just it. So it's school holidays. I think I'm oh, still recovering. If,
0: if I was a pie supporter, I'd be blocking out the weekends as well, well mate. I am like, my,
1: my boy picked an unfortunate five weeks to get right into the <laughs> AFL. It is downhill. But,
0: David, you're up and about. Your doggies, uh, yeah, yeah, your doggies are heading can't, heading. can't win the big games that uh, get us into finals, but we're just doing enough to keep my hopes alive, Paul.
1: Ah well, we have a lot of injuries. Not that that is an excuse, anyway. Let's. Uh, this is, of course, our best and worst
0: on ground episode. The nuggets of the week. People seem to be loving Done. that we've split out the shows. We got best and worst that you get on a Monday. Well, we're hopefully we're going to be getting to you on a Monday, and then on Wednesdays you get our in-depth discussion this week as well. Paul, very special interview with the founder and CEO of Employment Hero, who just raised twenty-two million dollars. Paul, it's an exciting interview. Absolutely, David. What's going on. Uh, I will get us kicked off. David, you
1: gave me, often the uh, the listeners give me the topics uh, or, or send me in the right direction. David, you tagged me on Twitter in an Excel feature. Uh, love a good Excel story, obviously. Excel have probably it's probably been an old feature, but I'm going to call it a new feature. Uh, is that you straight from your phone you can take a photo and upload it straight into Excel? It's kind of like receipt capture. It it I I took a table of my uh, my shareholdings because I was just happened to have that open in the screen. It put it into Excel
0: accurately, one, accurately. Wow, that's fantastic. So
1: I tried it. I couldn't take a photo of my screen, but. If I actually just did it as a screen print or yep.
0: a, a screenshot from my phone, perfect. Wow, that's fantastic. It was amazing. We, we brought this up a couple of weeks ago, so I'm glad that worked for you, Paul. Would you call this as new technology that can help small business? I think I, I think it's it's it, it's funny. We talked about this in the Slack Microsoft conversation
1: mm-hmm. uh, last week, which was this when when the cool technology it embeds itself in products that we're already using. Yes. It's amazing that you get a lot more. Uh, uptake, you get a lot more usage rather than having a standalone system. I think this could be used for a whole lot of stuff.
0: So interestingly, would you de- would you download an add-on that would then allow you to do it for Google Sheets? Probably not. I don't think I'd take that extra step to download an extra app to do this. Because this is a cool feature. But I don't know. I, I like that I, it's embedded.
1: It, it's interesting for me. I, I'm, I haven't been a big Microsoft Excel user on my phone. I'm obviously a big, uh, big offline user, big user on my laptop uh, and a little bit on my iPad. But not, I haven't been often on my phone. Will this change it? Eh, don't know. But interesting. Uh, if we know, good. If we want to get something, if I want to get started, there's oftentimes when you try of cut and paste into Excel that yeah, doesn't quite um, work. So anyway. Uh, David, what have you got?
0: Uh, ANZ. Now, well, ANZ have got a very nice ad that I think they're dumping millions and millions of dollars on Paul. Because every time I go on Twitter, I see this ad. And it's an ANZ small business ad. And, and links are in the show notes. If you don't get the show notes, head to trenches.com.au and sign up. It's a great ad. It's a, a businessman who a mate's asked him how's business going. And he goes, yeah, yeah, really good. And then it's what he's really thinking business is flat. Like There is nothing happening. And it just perfectly showcases that difference between how we want our businesses, business, small business owners want businesses to be going, but what's actually happening on the ground. And what resonates to me is, is the accounts and the advisors, we know what's actually happening. We know if it's flat. We know that he's talking BS. But there's a little bit of it. What's so good about the ad is as well, there's a bit of a mental health awareness in it that that's the pressure that you're under when you're a business owner to... People want to hear the business is going well. They don't want to hear that you're in a rough spot. But if telling them that you're in a rough spot actually helps you, that could be quite helpful for you. Great ad by ANZ, who I think just nailed the mindset of the small business owners. It was great.
1: It was great. He kind of he goes like, great, good, bad, ho- hopeless, great, awesome. <laughs> uh, often we do know that. Uh, I've often said on this show as accountants, we do see the real picture of business rather than and- the. The outward And it turned uh, the picture. microcosm
0: around because and this is also why it's so smart from and I feel like we're on the Gruen transfer here, Paul, analysing a big banks branded ad. Banks are often planted as being the cynics and the ones who, who, who put spin on what's actually happening. But it actually turns it around and shows well, actually, the small business owners participate in a fair bit of spin themselves just to project that they're doing well.
1: Absolutely, David. Absolutely. Uh, my second one, the Bureau of Statistics. John Shepard gone there. Won't say that this is his uh, baby because he goes, obviously, I've only only just got the feet under the desk but if he was a politician he'd take credit for it absolutely they have been, uh, they've been a bit more active on twitter which i, I don't I'm,
0: I wouldn't be surprised if john's giving him a help there or uh, um, john walked into the abs and said right pr team i need you right now Yep, get
1: in get in a room i'll show you i'll show you how it's done uh, anyway this app is really good uh, i downloaded it this morning tried it out it's got key consumer data you can customize your own key indicators also got the census information, David. With the um, so you can check your postcode. You can also expand it to areas, electorates, uh, with all of that information. A great use of data on Google and uh,
0: Apple. The Twitter link with the two links is in the show notes. But a great app, actually. I'm going to download it and have a it play. It's very good. Very good. When did you download it? Sort of late at night, sitting on the couch. Uh, at breakfast this morning, oh. David, I was just—I was you know, another, another well-prepared from the trenches. I was content, diligently busy
1: in between my uh, halloumi, bacon, uh, smashed avocado, and uh, Wait, and, and eggs. Was,
0: this was at the Meisner residence. You get fried oh, halloumi. No, for breakfast. no,
1: no. I had to go out there, dump the kids, dump the kids, oh. and uh, and got a bit of cover. Went to the
0: uh, went to the cafe. It was really rig- All right, Uh, Best on ground for me, Paul. Friend of the show, Alan Fitzgerald. Uh, I just noticed this, and it's such a very little simple thing, is LinkedIn title. Now, there's a lot of BS titles on LinkedIn. We spoke about it when we did the multi-professional segment last week, which I think a lot of people really resonated with. Alan's LinkedIn byline is so simple. One minute of my time will save you nine. It's hard to make the complex simple, and he has nailed it. Well done, Alan. A bit of inspiration for anyone who's trying to work out how to put their value on their LinkedIn and social media profiles. I reckon Alan's a pretty good example there. Yeah, he done well there. Done well. That's uh, succinct. That's that's changed. That's new, I think. I think it's new, yeah. Well, I think I saw it on you know updated something that you get from LinkedIn, those notifications that you get. Alan helps business uh, accounting firms pick technology in their process flows. So, uh Yeah, you probably legitimately
1: can. Well done. All right, let's head over to
0: Worst on Ground. Paul, I've had an experience with a bank that I want to share with everyone. I don't necessarily think it's this bank's fault, but I'm going to tell you the story. Now, I needed to... A positive experience? uh, As I said, I don't think it's the bank's fault. I needed to open a new bank account for a new company. So I head down to, on my way to get some bagels and uh, some smoked salmon on Friday, as I tend to do in preparation for the weekend festivities. I p- knew that there was a Westpac branch on uh, Carlisle Street down in St Kilda. I'll get there, big slide on the door. This branch has been closed. The closest one's Ackland Street. And I thought, all right, here we go. Another, another bank, bank branch closed, Paul. I need to open this bank account, though. So I go home, i have a bit of a bagel for a bit of lunch, sustain myself for the arduous a journey of opening a bank account, head back up to the Westpac on Koonang Road, Carnegie, and get told I need to make an appointment to open a bank account. I thought, right, really? Just a, Sign, of, a the times, account, Sign of the times, David. Sign of the times. To give them account, money. Give them my, my hard-earned cash. All right. So anyway, I make an appointment at 10 a.m. this morning. Get there at 10 a.m., and the person who serves me, the lady, was very friendly, extremely knowledgeable, been a Westpac employee for 30 years, Paul. So you know she gets it. You know She, she delivered excellent service but it took 45 minutes to open a bank account. Just a little bit of time, David. And I i, I couldn't help but think why. Now, I am i used to open bank accounts as a banker at NAB. I know that there's a lot of paperwork, and I know it's harder. It's definitely gotten more heart, more complex, and here's why. AML rules, anti-money laundering rules. Now, definitely, this woman's been there for 30 years. She isn't cutting any corners in her work, but anti-AM, as part of AML, they need to identify me, and with a the company, they need to identify everyone linked to it. So shareholders, uh, directors, in this particular case, a shareholder was a trust. So you then need to go to the next level and get the trustee. And it just keeps going on and on. Were you already a, were you already already a, customer, a customer? But yeah. the, So what was the issue? Was it
1: in that the, there was new beneficiaries or what was well, the problem? No, the,
0: the beneficiary of the company was a trust. And so you need to then identify everybody linked to the trust. But is it a family trust? Isn't that just a... Discretionary trust. So they should really only need need to know the settler... Corporate trustee. So they... Who wasn't a bank customer. Right. Because it's not a... Okay, yeah. Fair enough. It's just a trustee company. But I'm just watching this whole thing. And she's being great. She's being friendly. We're talking about my family. And, you know, she... Didn't try to sell me anything, but she definitely No insurance? No. No, but she did, she did really well. Like to get I felt like she was trying to get to know me without selling to me. And she commented that she's got sales targets. And I told her about from the trenches. So we had a bit of a complaint about certain things that happened. But watching how she had to do this for AML was fascinating because in New Zealand, accountants are responsible for AML. Every new client new Zealand, you bring yep. on, every new entity you set up, you need to track through beneficial ownerships for everything. And it's gonna be in Australia in two to three years, is the sort of trade wins. Yep. And I I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, accountants aren't gonna spend 45 minutes doing this. And when I went to New Zealand and I interviewed firms there for CA Catalyst, I was talking there's two buckets of firms. There's firms who are cloud savvy. They're probably going to be okay because there's add-ins that you can use. There's tech that you can use that brings your zero data together and it maps it out for you. And it just makes... But if you're not, it would take you at least 45 minutes to do everything you do, need to do to get AML compliant. That's just at the start. Then you've got ongoing AML requirements we don't need to talk about now. But it was just this – it wasn't a great experience. It wasn't the banker's fault. But I think if you're a cloud-based accounting firm, you know, you can go to First AML, there's all these products on the market that's going to make it easier for you. And the people who have organized, sorted data in good CRMs, or if they're using Zero Practice Manager, that's effectively enough, you're going to win. If you're not, you're going to give people the experience like the one I just had at Westpac.
1: And that's going, to be, I mean, that's going to be a problem, obviously. I, I think what, what I often find lacks in these situations, David, is, is practical assistance. It's often left to the software companies. I, I often think that the, the professional bodies don't do enough. They do an awful lot when they're talking about it. But once it's happened, they do, in my experience, for the things I've gone through, little to no then practical hand-holding. Here's a checklist. You know, here is here is the minimum requirement. It's I mean, we went through we went through financial service licensing. We've been through all of the tax agent stuff, David. That the professional body effectively go well. Oh, you develop your own. We don't want to be prescriptive. No, I want you to be prescriptive. That's the well, reason I'm a member.
0: And that's what's happened in New Zealand, where the rules and the guidelines are just far too grey. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's gonna cause. It needs
1: to be black and white. If you yeah. if we need drivers' license numbers, we'll collect drivers'. License. If we you know if if we we obviously do collect tax fund numbers and, and whatever, you know whether or not we need to cite birth certificates. But just pick you know pick something for us to follow, and largely I think we'll follow it. But anyway, well, right, right for destruction. Well I tell you what. So
0: there's the AML bit, which was hard. But I tell you what, the whole business transaction account, right for destruction. You know, you disruption. Oh, yeah. you, you can see what Upbanking is doing for transaction accounts for consumers. You can. There's just a way to do this better. There has to be.
1: I tell you, content gold. I was sitting at a cafe doing my content. David, you were you were sweating it out at the bank yeah, trying well, to convince no. them to just uh, well, set did,
0: you up. She did give me a money box for my daughter, which was very nice. It's good to know banks are still doing that. Oh, you know, it, a bit it was the dolomite subject. account, or was that no, was, it was probably. Like, it's called Ruby. Ruby's the kids' accounts she's already got a little kids account
1: there you go or oh, right. the... I, I do often um, and I did say this to you uh, earlier when you were texting me from the bank giving me almost a live blow by blow uh, <laughs> of it that that often I find it's the way these big organizations it's as it's as much the AML requirements as it is the way their systems, structures processes and more important legal and risk teams make would 30
0: pieces of paper that got printed yeah uh, and at that's, least
1: and that's the thing whereas it could be I don't know, a chatbot or, uh, you know, you could have – could you have done it from home? You know, that's why, as you said, it is so ripe for disruption. Uh, But, but Wayne, giving us – I'll move on to my worst on ground now. Uh, National Australia Bank uh, were forced to admit an embarrassing breach. 13,000 customers' personal data, including contact details and driver's license numbers – just seems, David, every other day we're getting uh, we're getting some sort of breach, and a lot of it's not um, not nefarious. You know, this isn't this isn't. Uh, if we're hearing about the obvious ones, I always wonder about what we're not hearing. Of course, we do live in a thing where they you you have to mandatory uh, reporting. mandatory reporting of these breaches. <laughs> you know, a lot of these just seem to be more problem between keyboard and chair than uh, than
0: international hackers. You know, it's funny, so. When, when we spoke about the Maya one where 220 patients went to the wrong person, my response was, well, these things happen all the time. This is actually nothing in the scheme of data breaches. Unfortunately, I think that that society, and we're not society commentators by any stretch of the imagination, Paul, we kind of just need to accept that this now happens. This is part of our life. But I wonder how many of us are actively taking responsibility for who's got what data for us. I've got no idea how many things I've signed up to through my Google and Facebook accounts. No. I'm actually scared about it now, and I don't even know how to audit it. I don't
1: think you can. I just assume that everything's, everything's public, especially with the way most people live their lives online. I think they, they give away far too much information. There was an interesting Twitter thread on this uh, about... Uh, the oh, f- Aging okay. Face app. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes. The the,
0: the face app. That apparently uh, was going to send a photo of you in. You know, it, this app ages you, and they yeah. were going to they have the right to send your photo to Russian analysts or something.
1: Well, it was government backed or something. Anyway, but uh, very interesting. I, I hope I, I do like the mandatory reporting. I really do. I hope we don't get. Uh, Desensitised to it, you
0: know. I hope feeling that we are though. I, yeah, I, really I just is.
1: sort of we. If, does it become the norm? Like, do we? Oh well, they've got our drivers. Oh well, I suppose that's does, not. Does anyone, so bad. does
0: anyone trust NAB less because of this breach? I think. I think. I think we're just in this age
1: of it, it happens. Yeah, you know, and 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 it's pretty poor. And I, and I think poor. part of me though does say, well, at least if I know about it and I know they're rectifying it and. You know they won't want the embarrassment
0: again, but yeah, but that's they've just given some spin. Announce like the, this goes straight to PR team. At the same time, it goes to the legal team.
1: Very true, man. Very true. Oh well, uh, have you got no? I'll, go, no, I'll that's keep, it for me. I'll keep going. And an interesting thing. And look, this might become an in depth topic later in the uh, later in the series. But the ACCC have released their digital platforms inquiry, effectively uh, a report that's come out containing 23 recommendations spanning competition law, consumer protection, media regulation. This is the, I think Facebook, Google, Amazon, that kind of stuff. More about the the, the sort of media planning. For me, it just had a couple of very interesting, I'm not going to go through all the requirements, uh, sorry, all the recommendations. Um, For me, my two takeaways for this are, you know, this is, is, is gearing up for a fight that could necessarily get ugly. We know that, that Facebook and Google don't necessarily play well with others. I think it's, it's pretty obvious that they control most of the traffic. I suppose it's great for the ACCC to get um, to highlight it, whether or not there's any, um, you know, willingness from the politicians. Hopefully there is to do sensible reform uh, without letting lobby groups in, they, they also had a couple of interesting chapters, David, on trying to protect the role of journalism and talking about the way journalism has has suffered. Um, I think it, it's for me it's really interesting that that yes, there is the ability to for anyone to to be. You know, in air quotes, uh, you know, not great physical humor for a for a podcast, but in air quotes, um, journalism. I still think true journalism, if it stays true to being true for others, not clearly not you and I, David, because we're not. But um, you know, I think some of the journalism has hurt itself by falling into try to going down into the gutter to to join or to combat it oh, rather like than the, sticking to
0: what it what it knows. Well, you do have those news of the world scandals where they you know some journos didn't behave very well and that, that ended devastatingly for that masthead. Very interesting uh, recommendations that came out in that report. It fell short of recommending a breakup of the big companies, which a lot of people were talking for, essentially because nobody else in the world has asked for it. But there is a trend in Australia where our regulators are looking after our local interests, and right. and that is a great thing. The ATO's had massive success cracking down on multinationals. Um, probably, I think the most successful in the world in the way they're taxing is it Facebook. You, did, yeah, I, I think that the, the
1: base profit erosion scheme BEPS that we spoke to David Bradbury at Wacoa yes. about to dig up that episode. If, if anyone's interested, it was a very interesting discussion on that. Um, you know, I, I certainly think we, we've the politicians have been and globally are being organised in trying to get this taxation uh, right. Whether we've seen any fruit of the labor yet, I still think it is, is very hard, um, with uh, with a lot of money, a lot of profit, oh, a lot of sales in this country. Oh, not hitting, I think we're, doing better. The I think we're doing better
0: better than most of the, all the other countries that are having the, the profit taken out of their, their country. But this is another step where I think regulators are trying to protect us for the better, and it's very timely. I'm watching on stand loudest voice in the room at the moment about the founder Roger Ailes of Fox News and how. Basically he said we need to we are the news. We're not reporting the news. We create the news and there's just this line that gets crossed about about the, the role of independent journalism. Um, so if you wanna if you wanna have a, an interesting evening with your family reviewing the state of media in Australia, read that report. That'll put you <laughs> or to you sleep. If you wanna put the kids to sleep and, <laughs> and then and then watch the Roger Ailes Loudest Voice in the Room on stand, it's fantastic. Russell Crowe does a great job, great Aussie New Zealand actor that he is.
1: That's it. That's Worst Dog Ground. Please, if you've got any content or want to reach out, uh, LinkedIn for me, Paul Meisner, or at Paul Meisner underscore on Twitter.
0: We love hearing from you. We love hearing from you and we love it when you sign up to our email so that we can send you show notes every week. But that's it for us here from the trenches. Have a great week.
1: Thanks again for listening to an episode of From the Trenches. David and I love to hear from listeners so you can reach out if you've got feedback or story ideas, get in touch. I can be reached on Twitter at Paul meisner underscore or on LinkedIn, Paul meisner.
0: I'm on Twitter at David Boyer, B-O-Y-A-R, on LinkedIn, David Boyer.